Good evening, everybody, and thanks very much for coming. And my name is Louise Jeffries. I'm Director of Arts at the Barbican, where we have worked with Complicity and commissioned, co-commissioned a lot of their work since 2001. So it's wonderful to be here. Um, the format this evening will be that I will ask um, questions for about half an hour, and then the last 15 minutes, there'll be an opportunity for you to ask nice, short, succinct questions. So, to start off with Judith and Simon, um, I just want to ask you very briefly to try and describe your relationship with each other just by way of introducing each other. <laughs> what is it that's made it work for so long and, and what do you respect about what, the other, what you bring to each other? Do you want to go first? <laughs> We're married. <laughs> Judith, you start then. Um, well, I should say that I saw a programme um, on the television. I had seen Complicity and Complicity's work live uh, before I, I worked with the company, but then I saw Simon um, in a documentary on television and I thought, wow, that company looks extraordinary. I want to work with them. I felt very, very strongly that that was going to be a job I was going to go for. And a job by some strange serendipity, suddenly a job was advertised and I thought this is my dream come true. I applied for the job and I was just reminding Simon that actually when I went for the interview, there was nobody there. Nobody had turned up to interview me. <laughs> and I realised that they were unbelievably disorganised. So I thought, OK, I can see this is my calling. And I just, <laughs> I just absolutely loved the work. And every time somebody says to me, do you think you should possibly think about doing something else in a, you know, in maybe with another theatre company, with another director? I kind of think, you know what, it just wouldn't be satisfying enough because what the work that Simon produces is really so extraordinary and so challenging. Um, I, I really can't imagine working for anybody else. And I think if I didn't work with Simon and help him make his work, I would probably become a nurse or a gardener. I'd do something completely <laughs> different. So, I mean, it's really simple for me. I just think his work's fantastic. So you better be nice back. <laughs> Well, no, I mean, it's very simple for me, too, that uh, um, we've now worked together for 20 years. Uh, but um, the work that uh, we have made latterly together would not have <coughs> happened without Judith. It's a completely... Um, uh, it's it's uh, uh, it's not merely it's been not merely a question of uh, producing work, but the fact that she has. Um, uh, <coughs> strange that we're talking about each other. It's very yeah. hard. I, can't, I don't know how that question has got into this <laughs> situation, but it is it is true. I mean, it's quite interesting, I suppose, from the point of view of what it means to be a producer, because the normal system you have an artistic director who decides what they're going to do and you work out a season and then the producer goes away and produces it but that's not the way it works here um uh, i'm very slow and uh i'm constantly saying that i don't want to do something and uh judith uh manages to uh help me get to a point where i can make something it which is a great deal more than producing um 
and it's, it's, it's a much more complex and interwoven relationship than it might be uh, in other circumstances where a producer comes in, does their job for five to ten years, and then moves on to a better job. Um, it's, yeah, it's a very different kind of relationship. Well, let's go back to the beginning, which was the pre-Judith years, as it were. Um, 1983, when the company started, I think, with um, four people from the Lecoq School, where you met at the Lecoq School, as I understand. Well, one not. Yeah. One not, OK. Mm. Um, what was the vision that you had? Why did the four of you get together, and, and what is it that you wanted to achieve? Well, initially, we, we simply wanted to make a show. And so we were going to make a show for a few months. Um, and then that was going to be it. But then, as a consequence of that show, we were apply asked to apply for an Arts Council grant, and then we got one, and then suddenly we got another one, and then suddenly years go by, and um, you're a company. But the, the, the <coughs> as it were, the, the defining force was, I would call it a, a, an act of resistance, mm -hmm. was uh, a, a kind of, um, both, there are various things that bound us together, a uh, social and political uh, outlook and feeling that there was, when we went to the theatre, we weren't seeing what we wanted to see or mm -hmm. hearing what we wanted to hear. Um, and uh, seeing it in a way that was not uh, produced, that m might speak to people um, in a, in, in, in a completely new way, but it, it, an act of resistance, I would say, is what bound us together. That takes me to my next question, really, because um, you really changed the way I think that people think about theatre. I think complicity has done that. And at the beginning, there was only complicity, but you've been copied a lot, and I'm not going to say who I think has copied you, but you have been. <laughs> uh, and that, you know, are you flattered by that, that you've influenced other people? You know, do you like the fact that the work is on the A-level syllabus, or does sort of acceptance um, bring a sort of unbearable weight of expectation with it? Did you prefer those days when it was a little bit, maybe a little bit more controversial? Or do you still see it as controversial? Well, I would well, say... maybe you never did. Uh, uh, I don't know. You, you answer. Go OK. On. Well, <laughs> I can't really answer the one about the A-level syllabus. Yeah. Don't know who's sitting, in yeah. the, <laughs> sitting out here, if there's any people studying the company. I mean, that's kind of complementary, and yet you do wonder what are they studying? Because I always one of the interesting things over the years that Simon has always said is, you know, why are people writing their dissertations about us? What are they writing? You know, there have been times when he said, I, I, know, I don't really know what I'm doing here. <laughs> so how is anybody <laughs> able to write something down about it? So, so we, when people used to ring us before the days of the internet and say, have you got any information on the company? I'm writing my dissertation. We'd always say, fantastic, could you send it to us? Because we'd be <laughs> really interested to know what they, what they were saying. But it, it, so it's sort of complimentary, but... It's not written about what I do, so mm. I, I'm sure Simon would have a, a feeling about that. I, I do go to theatre sometimes and see people doing s sort of work that I feel is really highly influenced by the company, and sometimes I get quite cross, and sometimes I think that's, <laughs> you know, how dare they? But, and, but sometimes you just think, well, it's impossible for things not to, you know, infiltrate into other people's work. That 
that's art, really, mm. I think. Absolutely. I mean, I think yeah. it's very, there's a, a, I mean, you know, very simply, theatre is a, a magpie art form. Everybody copies everybody else, and the theatre actually steals from every other art form yes. there is. Uh, and in many ways, it's had to do a lot more of it over the last 20 or 30 years. I mean, if you look at the history of dance, I would say in the 20th century that dance stole hugely from theatre very, very early on, whether you're talking about the Ballet Russe uh, at the end of the 19th century and Diaghilev and uh, uh, Isadora Duncan through to Mary Wigman and the whole, you know, right up to the question of the... In a extraordinary and for me very influential work of Pina Bausch, mm. um, which was for my generation was an absolute explosion because it was theatre, pure theatre. It wasn't a question of people sort of studying dance moves. It was it was subject matter content made uh, uh, physically present in front of you. Um, and, you know, I grew up in the era of, of uh, uh, rock music and essentially they were, they were theatre shows and they were also stealing the language of the theatre. In the meantime, you know, the theatre remained rather the theatre, you know, and there was a set and you kind of, you know, I think probably you'll find this. Here, here we go. And this is... <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Uh, so it's, it's not a sound cue, it's real. No, it's not a sound cue, it's real. Um, or maybe it was a sound cue. They, they were very on the ball. They were very on the ball. But, uh, the, you know, uh, um, uh, uh, and I think that uh, the theatre needs, you know, I, I, I think you steal from anywhere. People talk about the fact that, you know, I've, or we have used uh, modern technology or video. I'm not really interested in that. I mean, video is just light, and light has been part of the theatre since its inception. There's nothing new about it. <laughs> I think the key thing is what are the stories that you're telling. Yeah. Um, of course, the form of the way that you're telling has another, um, for me, a very big sort of uh, 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 political subtext to it because um, uh, it, it, it changes people's consciousness, the way that people think. Uh, I always believe that, uh, you know, before you make a piece of theatre, there is, a, there is a, a text, and it comes from something that, you're, something that you're talking about. Even if you talk about this table, there is a whole text about it, about where it was made, who made it, how much they got paid, and so on. Um, and, and that, for me, is, is, is fundamentally uh, uh, important. So there is a text, but the text is not merely the one of uh, uh, the words that are spoken. That is like, I mean, Peter Brook has talked about that being like a map. Mm -hmm. And, of course, uh, uh, a play itself is not theatre. It can become marvellous theatre in the hands of a great theatre maker. I mean, there is a, there's the, the, the Baldwin play that was here, The Armen Corner, which was, became a wonderful piece of theatre, I thought. Um, but, you know, I think it's not necessarily an extraordinary play. I mean, mm -hmm. The Inspector Calls was not necessarily yeah, an incredible yeah. play. I've seen really boring productions of it. Mm -hmm. You go, Priestley is so boring, <laughs> you know, but 
Daldry made an extraordinary yeah. piece of theatre out. I mean, for God's sake, how many works of Shakespeare where we've gone to come out and gone, well, Shakespeare's really overrated. <laughs> <laughs> that was, you know, I was, I was half asleep in the second half. Well, it's not, you know, that is the map, but it's got to be taken and made into something. So what you see must be in relation to what you, the words that you hear and what you hear perhaps in terms of the sound or music underneath it or the light that you see. These, these work like uh, um, um, uh, uh, you know, a musical score and uh, all these different elements form harmonies and you can have a just everything, it can be a wonderful thing, which is just a melody. I mean, there is that kind of theatre too. But I suppose what interests me is the idea that you have an experience where you go away and somehow, unlike the television, which I would call perhaps a dilute experience, it's concentrated. Mm -hmm. And therefore, it continues somehow to operate on you the further away you get from it. it can continues to sort of infect you mm -hmm. in some way, perhaps like a disease. <laughs> um, I mean, there are things that you've seen and you think, I, you know, I can't stand that, or I didn't understand it. I didn't understand it. Um, uh, and yet it does seep into your consciousness in the most extraordinary way. I mean, I remember seeing Tarkovsky as a young man, as an adolescent, and thinking, I don't really, I don't get it. But then, it's sort of seeping into my dream. Like Pina Bausch as well, in, exactly. in that respect. Exactly. I mean, talking, taking that a bit further and asking about, you know, the influences, how you come up with a new project, because, you know, you're working with play text sometimes, but novels sometimes, uh, math text and social um, science text, whatever. How do, you, how do you develop a new project? How do you, do you, do you, are you very focused or are there a lot of ideas that you develop and then they sort of end up on the, on the cutting room floor? <laughs> well, you, you can correct me, interrupt me. There, there's an idea mm. and then there's a fantastic team of people in the complicity office and we try and set up some lot, as much research and development around that idea, this is at mm -hmm. the beginning, um, with as many interesting people that will be able to contribute to the start of a project. And Simon can work with them in various ways, either looking at a text with actors, uh, cutting up the text, putting it on the floor. I can remember a disappearing number started exactly like that with lots of photocopied bits of paper all cut out. Um, and after the research and development, we might move to a different stage. So is the whole team involved with this research and development? Simon will come up with the idea and the people will suggest people you might talk to and... Quite often in, in the office there are people who will know people or will, you know, will find, will source people or will find somebody who knows somebody who right. is an expert or... We've just got quite um, um, very hungry um, young people who, who, who want to help facilitate the work so they do make it their, their job to go out and find people who, who will help them. You know, all, they don't, you know, not everybody is necessarily successful, but we, we try really our utmost to find people who will have um, the same sort of interests or themes. Marcus de Satoy is a very, very, yes. uh, an obvious one. We, we tracked him down when we did a disappearing number, mathematics. We found him, and that was an extraordinary story because when we found him, he said, he, he said I know exactly who you are. Um, 
I used to do your workshops at the Pegasus Theatre in Oxford. And this is, you know, this is Professor, Professor Marcus de Sotoy. So... It was the Simony Professor of the Dissemination of Scientific Knowledge, the, the post that Dawkins held before he now holds it. And then through those people, you meet other people who, um, who are also very interested in... in Working with, with an artist, it, it doesn't necessarily mean they'll be part of the final um, production process, but they're there from the beginning. Right. I mean, I think the, the uh, you know, if you're making a film, you need to surround yourself, if you're the director of the film, with a lot of creative people. So you need a very creative uh, uh, director of photography who can be as important or more important than the, the director and somebody who's working on the sound and, and uh, uh, the writer. It's, it's, an in, it's, it's a very strange thing, a film, and very odd that it should get made. But everybody is having a kind of a, a, a creative um, input. And I suppose on a much smaller scale, that's the same, that's the case here. But uh, the creativity reaches right, why we're sitting here together is that the creativity reaches right uh, into the method of producing as mm -hmm. well, or not the method, the production in all aspects of it. Um, and in the room, you simply try to encourage everybody to feel free to, um, to participate in that process and to contribute um, ideas. So it's extremely, I mean, the way that I tend to work is extremely chaotic and it's not for everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, some people like a much more structured mm -hmm. sense. But you have to remember that each project is very, very different and that the process is appropriate to that project. So here we're talking about a project which is a devised project, which starts from the fact that I was absolutely at mathematics at school and I you know I'm fascinated by the things that I was hopeless at or that mm -hmm. I know nothing about and in a way uh, I see part of my life as a, a as a continuous exploration of things that I don't understand mm -hmm. I feel I want to know something about something when I make something I don't I'm not terribly I don't know what it is I'm going to make uh, however that's a devised project so mathematics and there was a particular story uh, associated a fragment of a story, which is a re relationship between Ramanujan and Hardy. Uh, uh, however, there are other projects like Measure for Measure that we did on yes, this stage, yes. which is taking a classic, uh, taking a, a piece of Shakespeare. And I feel, you know, Shakespeare, I've, I can't believe I haven't done more Shakespeare with the company because I grew up with Shakespeare. I did, you know, by the time I was, uh, uh, you know, 22 or 23, I'd acted in about 30 of them. Um, so that was very much my, my background. Uh, you know, here I also did the Caucasian chalk circle. You know, we did Endgame. These are texts and they're rehearsed or perhaps put up in a much more uh, conventional way uh, or, or way that people would recognize anyway, uh, even if we, you know, uh, tend to rehearse it in, in, in a way which is slightly, um, you know, a way that I would say is apposite or appropriate for the, um, given the material and given the people who are in it. So, I mean, the piece that I did, you know, in America with um, Al Pacino, the uh, Arturo Ui, I had, to, I had to sort of invent something 
to do with that because nobody really quite knew the history of it and they, a lot of them were very big uh, film stars and not all of them were sort of uh, uh, had been in the process of trying to create a company on stage and I had to create a company so you had to, you had to think of it in a whole different uh, way. So every, every, every project is very different. We were thinking about um, the fact that you know we made this site-specific piece, what is now <coughs> ooh, this new thing called immersive theatre, <laughs> you know, which has only been around for a few hundred years. But anyway, um, uh, it's not new. It is, you know, it, 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 everything in the theatre goes round in circles. Anyway, we did a piece of what is now called immersive theatre in the disused uh, Aldwych tube station. About it was about it was called a vertical line and. Uh, John Berger uh, wrote it, I wrote it with him, uh, and um, it, it was produced in collaboration with Art Angel, and we took the disused Aldwych tube station, and people went on this very strange and uh, wonderful um, journey. But that was a very different process, which involved, um, you know, uh, uh, editing film and video. Uh, this is about 15 years ago that we did this. Um, uh, to you know, pushing the limits of what you could do with 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 uh, sound underground and so on. So every, I was just, just yes. sort of saying that every process is different. And do you are, there, are you working with different, requiring different things of different actors across these different sort of projects? So the text, you know, is there such a thing as an ideal uh, complicity actor? No. And <laughs> different ones for different projects or. A divide, you know, an, an actor, actor is an actor. Yeah. I mean, an actor is an actor. I work in film a lot um, and on television, and you've got to, you know, every every director in in film and, and and television is completely different, and they work in a different way. I'm about to do a piece of television where I met the director this morning who said, "I've got to have a lot of lot of rehearsal with you," you know. And then there are ones where you walk on on set. Um, and, and you've never even met the director or the other actors, and suddenly you're in the in the scene. Um, but the, but the many times you've um, directed yourself, haven't you? You've been in your, in pieces of work that you have directed, and you've been directing and acting. How, well, how I mean, that's how that? I started. Yes. Because I started very much as an actor, mm -hmm. and so I tried to feel my way into a piece, and that part of that process remains in the what, what we do in the sense that we put something on we throw it in front of an audience and then you see what sticks and what comes back and then you take it back into the garage and you you change it and mm -hmm. you work on it uh, very much as a um, I have worked a lot with uh, comedians and stand-up comics and so has Judith from the, her um, yeah, early days <laughs> um, yeah, and that—that's the way that they work, and that's very much that's also been part of my my background. And so, working from the inside is you—you almost like a like a musician. I mean, that—that's quite interesting because you have—I've worked with a string quartet, and a string quartet work like that in the sense that they have no conductor. And so they choose and argue which pieces they're going to do, and then they have to feel their way into it. And they, uh, the 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 the, um, you know, if you ask any of the uh, um, any quartet, they they will always talk about um, uh, 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 you know how it works in front of 
an audience and yeah. then readjust accordingly. Absolutely. Yeah. Can, can, can I just say this? What I think Simon is very able to do with actors is he, he's a, a great choreographer, so he can make a, um, a group of actors an ensemble yes. really greater than, than anything I've ever seen any, anybody else do. You know, there's nobody that will stand out. They're all very, very equal. And I think that, that's quite an amazing gift to be able mm. to do that. And I find it really fascinating that when he works with Japanese actors who, unbeknownst to us, have all come from different traditions of theatre, they're all very, very, very different and probably wouldn't ever work together if it wasn't that, that Simon had brought them together. That, the ensemble that he can create there yes. is really quite extraordinary. Yes, I agree with you, absolutely. Mm. So we're about to um, ask some, uh, get the audience to answer questions, but just finally, before we do that, um, I just want you to talk about your international work because this has been an international company really right from the beginning and you've made work internationally, particularly in Japan and America. Um, and I think, you know, if, if maybe you're influenced by international theatre makers, perhaps. So if, if you mentioned Pina Bausch. So I, I think it would be really interesting to hear you, you, your take on that. Why have you always seen yourself as an international artist rather than as someone who's just based in this country? It's, it's not well, terribly usual, actually, in this. There's not so many international companies based here. No. Um... And you're the first, I think, British-based artist who was chosen for the Avignon Festival to be the, the um, overall artist. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it, Which it, is extraordinary. A, um, an amazing thing. Um, for anybody who's in the audience who doesn't know, the, the last 12 years of the Avignon Festival, what they've done is they had two artistic directors who were not theatre directors. They were producers. Um, so... Uh, and their idea was that they should every year take an artist associate, an associate artist, with whom they had two or three years' conversations. Mm. And as a consequence of those conversations, they created a festival. Yes. So it wasn't that it revolved only about their work, but it really meant that uh, they were thinking through the ideas rather than going sort of international uh, theatre supermarket sh shopping. I'll have yes. <laughs> half a kilo of Bob Wilson and, um, and so on. A bit of Lepage. A little bit of Lepage and, um, yeah, and so on. But they... Uh, and so it was a fascinating uh, experience, but... Um, uh, uh, how I, I mean, it, it, that brings up so many questions about the relationship of... British theatre, I suppose, yep. to other places in the world. The traditional export has been sometimes the national theatre, uh, some dance, I think, of Deviate for, in mm. particular, um, and various other uh, companies, and traditionally the RSC has done its big sort of tours, it goes out and then comes back. But the majority of transnational, international work is this relationship with the United States. So stuff from the West End going yes. to Broadway, stuff from Broadway coming to the West End. And uh, that is the big uh, relationship. It has been much, um, uh, there's much fewer pieces of work going to France, to Germany, to Italy, perhaps relationships with Ita uh, 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 Japan or the Far East, um, uh, uh, with the Middle East, with Turkey, uh, with Scandinavia. 
Um, and I suppose right from the beginning, uh, partly because I trained in Paris, um, and I, I, I've never felt particularly English, um, I, 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 I felt very happier uh, uh, and happier in some ways, um, working not just within a, um, the context of, of, of the, um, uh, uh, the English theatre. Um, <laughs> and because you didn't have a building, I suppose, we didn't have you a had building. the freedom to do I mean, Peter Brook said something about, uh, uh, um, uh, I'm name-dropping Peter Brook, but in fact... Uh, he, he did say something, he was asked to say something about us because uh, at one point he said the, the English have a, have a fine, um, a, a fine, sophisticated and wonderful theatre uh, uh, tradition. Uh, Simon Burning complicity are not part of it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which I would, I would contest, actually. I mean, I, I love, you know, I grew up, I mean, I, the pantomime was a huge yes. influence on me. You know, I loved the pantomime. In fact, I used to go and see, because yeah, I don't know if there's anybody old enough to remember the name of Cyril Fletcher. Yeah. That was, oh. <laughs> That's age the audience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>